Welcome back to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast brought to you by Violet Defense. Violet Defense is dedicated to protecting our world from germs by bringing the power of UV disinfection to everyday spaces. Their patented technology enables them to harness the power of the sun to incorporate ultraviolet light into products and environments like never before. Whether you're ready to implement existing products or you'd like to research and develop a custom deployment of the technology for your school, Violet Defense has the solutions and experience you need. Thanks again to Violet Defense for sponsoring the Educational AD Podcast. The FIAAA also wants to thank our great sponsors, including diamond sponsor Varsity Brands including BSN, Varsity Spirit, and Herf Jones. Varsity Brands, elevating student experiences in sport, spirit, and achievement. The FIAAA also wants to thank our great platinum sponsors, including Ephesus Lighting, innovating a brighter future at every level. Booster Digital Displays, revolutionize your game day experience. Camp Mobile, where leaders communicate better. Gipper, sports graphics made incredibly simple. Vital Signs, bring student achievements to life. And Hometown Ticketing, simple and easy online ticketing. Thanks to all of our great sponsors. Welcome back everyone to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We've got a very special guest today, uh, Emily Webb. Emily is the throwing events coach for a very successful program up in Florida's Panhandle at Niceville High School. I've gotten a chance to uh, get to know Emily the last couple of years and watch her build this program uh, and also see her in action, not just as a coach, but as a leader uh, and also as an official. She's uh, directed a couple of track meets. So uh, we're in for a treat today. Emily, welcome to the podcast. Hi, so nice to be here. Okay. Well, we're excited to have you and uh, we're going to get going. Uh, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, where you grew up, where you went to school and how you ended up uh, at Niceville High School. So I'm not originally from around here. I'm from a small town in Ohio, Fremont, Ohio, um, small population. I grew up going to um, grade school, middle school, High school in Fremont at St. Joseph Central Catholic High School. Graduated with a small class, around 50, 60 kids. Um, athletics were small. Um, it was almost just kind of, you know, that small hometown feel that we had. Um, I ended up going to the University of Dayton on a track scholarship for shot put and discus. Um, spent two years there before I transferred to Kent State University to um, focus on a different um, I guess, major choice in the hospitality management in industry. Um, I threw there for part of my junior year until I came down with mono and they would not clear me due to my spleen being so enlarged. So with all the weightlifting and whatnot, I, they just found it too, yeah, too unsafe to continue. So I kind of 
ended my career there, which was not really the way I wanted to go out. Um, but I made do, moved on. Um, I ended up um, coming down to Destin for my internship before I graduated college and loved it down here. Um, ended up meeting my husband down here, um, graduated in December of 2012 and moved down, married my husband a year, a little over a year later. Um, we had my son, Liam, who's seven, my son, Grayson, who's six now, and our littlest guy, Crew, who is one and a half. So we have our hands full, but, you know, obviously I didn't feel like full enough. So I decided to get back into, you know, the track scene or wanted to volunteer, or just be back in that element because it was something that was so big and part of my life for so long. Um, I ended up reaching out to Niceville because I noticed they didn't have a throws program or throwing coach per se. So um, that's kind of where my journey started with Niceville. Well, I always love to hear the stories. And again, uh, interesting how people end up in Florida. You know, for our listeners, if you've never been to, you know, Destin and, and that area, it is <laughs> quite attractive. And uh, I, can, I can see why you wanted to stay there. Um, yeah. Emily, in, in our profession, we always talk about the importance of leadership and mentorship. And, and you certainly, again, I've seen you in action. You lead that program very well, and you're mentoring those kids in many ways. But who are some of your mentors, uh, maybe family members or, or teachers or coaches you had? Uh, uh, the expression I like to use is, I still hear those voices in my head. Uh, when I'm talking with a coach or a kid or a parent. So uh, are there any voices you hear? Um, definitely. I mean, I was raised by a single mom of three kids. So I feel like right there, I have a really solid base of a strong female leader. Um, and I love her for it. It was almost like, a, if you're going to do something, do it all out and do it the best you can. So I kind of live by that. Um, and then I had the honor, actually, we didn't even have a throws coach. Um, at high in my high school. So I actually ended up meeting the neighboring high school's coach, probably, I think after probably my sophomore year. And he took me kind of under his wing. His name's Travis Bates. He coaches for Fremont Ross. And he literally kind of showed me what the sport could be about and kind of like molded me into having this love and passion for this sport that I didn't really know that I could have, you know, Shot and disc is not something that people really think of, you know, when they think of track and field. So it was kind of this individual sport that I focused myself on. Um, and then right before my senior year, I ended up going to a college camp, or I guess it was a camp at Denison University in Ohio. And it was hosted by former Olympian John Powell, Brian Oldfield, and Yuri Sadiq in the Hammer. And I went before I graduated or before my senior year and I ended up building this amazing relationship with John Powell and he knew I didn't have a coach and he took me under his wing also. And to the day, he's still my mentor. He's come to Nashville and hosted three or four camps. Um, he's of old age and kind of how I believe health issues now. So he doesn't travel as much anymore, but I still pick up the phone and I call him and we talk track and, you know, it's someone that literally kind of showed me a completely different perspective of the sport being, you know, a former world record holder, 
a three-time Olympian, a two-time bronze medalist. And I would say that he is, you know, someone that is my main coach that coached me through, you know, my pretty much anytime I needed him, I could turn to him. Well, um, if you're not a track person listening to this, you know, John Powell, Brian Oldfield, you know, you're showing your age because I saw those guys compete back in the day. Uh, legends in track and field. And uh, for myself growing up, um, you know, in high school and college in the state of Oregon, uh, you know, I, I played football, I played basketball, but I love track. And so uh, it's always great to connect with a track person. Let's talk a little bit about um, building that program at Niceville. Now, of course, you know, the school was there, the, the team was there, but as you mentioned, there wasn't a throws coach. And as a track official, you know, we would see Niceville at our meets, you know, during this, you know, last five or six year period. So uh, I've been able to watch how that program has improved. So walk us a little bit uh, through, you know, maybe first year, second year and beyond. How did you go about building that program that is, you know, probably one of the top ones in Florida now. So when I first went out to the throws practice, I, I met three kids, two boys and one girl. And that was where we started. And one of the um, athletes you'll probably be familiar with is Edward Shelikoff, who um, is one of three of, well, now I think four uh, males to ever break the 200 meter or 200 foot mark in the state of Florida in the discus. And I got him as this kind of wobbly, unsure of himself junior. And he ended up throwing, I think he was throwing like 135, ended up throwing 173 his junior year um, when we were working together and then came back his senior year and came up just short of the gold, but threw 200 feet, three inches at the state meet. And I feel like that was kind of the start to something super special that I feel like now looking, you know, if I take a step away from what my program is, like, it's become something really special. I almost can't really believe what it's turned into over the last six and a half years. Um, we went from three throwers to, I have 40 throwers on my team this year. And every year I kind of, you know, would set a goal for myself as a coach and for my kids to, you know, let, let's get as many throwers qualified to this state meet as we possibly can. And I felt like, you know, the first year it was Ed and then the next year it went up to two kids. And then now this year we qualified 12 throwers um, to the state meet. And, you know, it's just kind of cool because I've kind of just tried to encourage anybody and everybody is able to throw. I had a, a former golfer who, I turned into a thrower and he ended up turning around in two years. Um, Heath Topol scoring on the podium at the state meet eighth place. And he just graduated from Troy where he continued his crack track career. So same with Ed, he just graduated from Florida. And that was my first class to graduate that I had for two years um, from his track career as well. So I kind of have built off that. And then it's kind of become this competitive you know, drive that all of my kids have had, they want to be the best. Like, you know, they, they know that what we have is special. We're a big family. We do our little Christmas parties together. You know, I make sure that everyone feels included at all times. It, it stems beyond the throwing fields, you know. Yeah, there, there's no question that uh, when we go to as officials, when we show up at a meet, 
and uh, an invitational meet where there's going to be a you know dozens of schools there and we watch you know the Niceville team warm up you know there's you know just a ton of sprint jump distance people and all those throwers mixed in it's quite the uh, the organized mob um you kind of alluded to my next the answer to my next question but i'm going to go and ask it anyway uh track is such a technical sport you know yes there's conditioning and yes there's you know motivation but the technique involved the distance between you know qualifying um to go from district to regional or from regional to state can sometimes you know be centimeters um and so obviously you know there's technique involved um in the success of your program but why do you feel you have so many kids how did you go from three kids to 40 plus who just throw how did you do that i feel like it's almost one of those it's it's hard to explain i mean i feel like maybe to me, I feel like I want to treat my athletes, maybe not as like, I'm not just like a leader, but I'm one of them also, as in like, you know, I want to, I want them to help with their own success. So like, I don't just tell them, I guess, what to do every single day. I have to actually individually ask them like, hey, did you feel that? Like, what do you feel like you did wrong in your throat? Because I'm not throwing it anymore, you know, like you're throwing it. So it fell off and it's almost like it's a, a pair. It's like a duo thing. So me and each individual thrower have to kind of work at this ourselves. And I almost feel like it's something that so many kids kind of just could relate to because they wanted to maybe try something individual. But at the same time, we're a huge team together. And I feel like that atmosphere that really my throwers bring is like that family like togetherness and i feel like more kids have just kind of been joining and falling in love with that part of it and then they also start to fall in love with throwing and so it's kind of cool because you know i have kids that juniors can i throw for you sure but be patient because it's not going to happen overnight and you're not going to see overnight success so that is the hardest part about having a lot of kids but it's also something that i feel like they're okay taking the time because they're also out there in a big family atmosphere every day. Well, I think you, you hit the nail on the head and uh, you know, you don't have to go out. Although I'm sure you still do. You don't have to go out and recruit kids to your program. Your program is recruiting. The kids are saying, Hey, you should come out for track. Hey, you should come out and throw for us. Uh, and you've gotten it to that point um, where it's, it's one of the cool things to do at your school. We're visiting with Emily Webb, the throwing events coach at Niceville High School. We're going to take a quick break and come back, but now let's hear from our podcast sponsor, Violet Defense. We want to thank our great sponsor, Violet Defense. Violet Defense is dedicated to protecting our world from germs by bringing the power of UV disinfection to everyday spaces. Their patented technology enables them to harness the power of the sun to incorporate ultraviolet light into products and environments like never before. Whether you're ready to implement existing products or you'd like to explore researching and developing a custom deployment of the technology for your school, 
Violet Defense has the solutions and experience you need. Thanks again to Violet Defense for sponsoring the Educational AD Podcast. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, we're visiting with Emily Webb, the very successful throwing events coach for Niceville High School in Florida's Panhandle. Emily, we just finished uh, an entire year dealing with COVID, and we've seen a variety of responses, not only in Florida, but across the country. Uh, real quickly, you know, how did you all um, deal with COVID during this track season, and have you been given any idea of how you're going to proceed as a school uh, for this coming fall? Um, so this track season, um, we had the options option in Okaloosa County to be masked. If you wanted to wear a mask, you could wear it. If not, um, you did not have to. However, when we first started our track season, I basically divvied up all the implements and whatnot individually so everyone could have their own and, you know, just really focus on not spreading the germs as much as we possibly could. Um, everyone would take them home, bring them back. They're just responsible for their own stuff. Um, as of the end of the year, everything seemed to kind of start going back to normal. Um, summer seems normal, everything like that. And I think we're going to proceed as, as normal as possible. Um, all of our implements are back together. Um, we just kind of sanitize after every practice now. Well, that must have been um, a little bit involved, a little bit of record keeping, um, giving um, everybody on the team their own implement. It did, but I am fortunate enough to have had enough implements due to, you know, past fundraising and whatnot. I know a lot of schools aren't, you know, they don't have that many implements. I'm just very fortunate. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, another question we've been asking our guests. Uh, that we had enough to go around. To go yeah. Um, another question we've been asking our guests uh, since we started this, and uh, coincidentally, this um, as of today, our podcast is is one year old. Um, the question I've been asking our guest revolves around this idea of social awareness or or social justice. And you know, this has been the question. You know, what are some things that we can do as athletic directors, or in your case, as a coach? What are some things that we can do better? Um, to be socially aware, to, um, you know, better serve our, our kids and, and the people that we work with. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Um, well, I feel like our current athletic director um, has been doing a fabulous job of kind of including every sport, you know, almost together, where we've all kind of been so much more aware of what the rest of our athletics at the school are doing. Um, he's made it a point to be extremely supportive. We see him at all of our meets, our majority of our meets. He even traveled to our state meet. In the past, our previous um, athletic director, we had never seen. We never saw or heard anything from them, which I know to some kids can be discouraging if that's what they're looking for, you know, along with coaches it's almost kind of like we're kind of just doing our own thing. Um, but with our current athletic director, I mean, I almost feel like he's really brought us in to be like a huge family, almost kind of like our team always has been. And now it's kind of gone bigger with the entire Niceville athletics and school because our principal is super supportive as well. Oh, I, I know your principal very well. Charlie Morello and I served on the FHSA appeals 
uh, sectional appeals committee for a number of years. Um, you know, great guy. Yeah. And and as an athletic director, you know, I, I I'm glad that you said that. Uh, I, I just think it's so important uh, for ads to be seen at the different sports and not just, you know, say follow those so-called marquee sports. Um, you know, those kids see you there, uh, the parents see you there. Uh, so glad to hear that you've gotten that support uh, there in Niceville. Yes, it's been great. Yeah. Um, as we um, look to the future um, for the Niceville program, um, you know, I had the pleasure of being one of the officials at the javelin competition uh, this year for the, the state track meet and certainly saw um, your athletes perform at a very, very high level. Um, what's your next challenge? Uh, you've established Niceville uh, as one of, if not the elite throwing program in the state of Florida. What's your next challenge? Well, the next challenge is I feel like to maintain um, maintain what we're doing and continue. I know it's not always going to be the same every year. You know, you, it comes and goes and up and down, but I always like to continue learning myself and continue teaching my kids new things. So for example, I just took a small group out. Um, we just got back from the air force Academy and we got to get a completely different perspective from the air force coach, coach Dana uh, pounds lion, who is a former national um champion in the women's jab at five foot one she was throwing 196 feet so for my kids to go out and experience someone like that who's been hands-on kind of you've seen a couple of my kids short and successful um I like to kind of keep their knowledge always you know growing and learning and as much as I possibly can so they don't just always learn from me no, great idea. Okay, uh, yeah. it's interesting you should say that. Uh, I had also had a chance to be a, one of the javelin officials at the NCAA uh, regional meet in Jacksonville, where the state meet was held, and one of the top throwers was uh, an, from an Ivy League school, and probably the smallest um, thrower in the competition. And uh, I, I believe she was one of the qualifiers to the, the NCAA finals out in Eugene. So yeah, the, the, yeah. the technique uh, is just so important in throws. Uh, glad to hear you emphasizing that. Yes. Well, Emily, this has been great catching up with you, um, but we're not done yet. Uh, we always like to wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox. Now we've emphasized, you know, you're not an athletic director, but you certainly know your way around the athletic department and the athletic world. So right now I'm gonna challenge you to send out a brand new rookie athletic director on their very first job. But I'm only gonna let you put three things in their toolbox. What three things are gonna go in Emily Webb's athletic director toolbox? One. So I think the first um, of three tools that I would say is going based off of the success of our own AD is being visible, being at all the events um, or as many as you possibly can, showing your support um, to each team coach and what they've built individually. 
Um, another one is that our AD this year, I noticed, was very interested in learning about the throws. He had no, he didn't really have any knowledge of it before. And he specifically, you know, asked me like, what goes into it? How can football or how can baseball roll over and, you know, be supportive with track and field or, you know, how can two sports help each other, you know, being a multi-sport athlete. So it's almost like where he's encouraging other coaches to work with the other, you know, former coaches and their peers and stuff. So our program in general can just build together. Um, I feel like that's huge. And then I would say another one would just be positivity and, and, and honestly showing um, our, our AD also shows this is he's very supportive of the time that his individual coaches put in. Well, those are great, great suggestions that any AD should have in their podcast or should have in their toolbox. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> Emily Webb, if one of our listeners wants to reach out to you, uh, either from a track standpoint or from a leadership standpoint, what's the best way that they can get in touch with you? Uh, they are welcome to email me. Um, I know it's on our website, but I'm also willing to give it out. Um, it's E-M-W-E-B-B. 1337 at gmail.com. It's very simple. I'm pretty much home all day. Um, I have my phone or access to email, so I'm willing to talk. Okay. Emily Webb, Niceville High School. Thank you so much uh, for being on the podcast. All the best moving forward. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. To our listeners, uh, remember the Zoom recordings of these interviews are being uploaded to the FIAAA Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. Thanks for listening today. Come back again next time for another episode of the Educational AD.